Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis, on the gram at Aaron88. Check out all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com. Latest is a look at the stock watch. Three players on the rise, three players on the downfall. But what does that mean? Just because a guy's stock is down does not mean that you have to trade him, cut him. It could be an opportunity to buy low. And same thing with players on the rise. It might mean, hey, uh, this is an opportunity here to potentially sell off. So... Check it out. Find out who are the players on the rise, who are on the decline, and what you should do. Should you buy, sell, hold, pick up? Uh, you can check that out. Now, of course, our NFL Draft Fantasy Rookie Primer. Really good, in-depth. Not, no, not in-depth. It's like six, seven sentences on each prospect. Gives you a little glimpse of you know, their height, weight, uh, their dynasty projected draft pick, teams that are interested. So it's a nice summary of a lot of the top rookies in one spot so you can check that out and of course we got the closer depth chart bullpen updates and the week four closer report from sean childs and uh also sean has his top five running back so lots of content there baseball football getting you ready for the nfl draft one week from tonight you could also participate in a startup dynasty draft PlayFFWC.com, a lot of different price points, and they will start as soon as they fill. So head on over there and jump in today. And if you don't have the itch now, you will next week when you start to see the draft and where the players are going to be and where to value them. So uh, always a lot of fun trades. It's uh, definitely a good format if you're a a big fantasy football player. Get into a dynasty now, PlayFFWC.com, ScoutDFS.com. For MLB, NBA, NHL, PGA, MMA, got Slack chats and optimizers to help you there as well. We'll have Frank Stample from FNTSY. He's going to join me in the next segment. We'll talk uh, NBA with him, maybe a little baseball as well. Of course, the NBA playoffs well underway and not a great night last night as far as excitement, but it's been a good playoff so far. And, of course, some uh, interesting storylines with the Warriors uh, and that collapse, losing by 31 in Game 2. They're back on the court tonight on the road against the Clippers. So we'll uh, talk about that and see if there's any other team that has a shot to beat uh, the Warriors. But let's take a look at some of the top stories in baseball. Uh, Tigers placed outfielder Kristen Stewart on the 10-day EL with a right quad strain. So initially they said it was a cramp. Obviously that's not the case. And Stewart, you know, was someone you were looking at in deeper formats, uh, 831 OPS with three home runs and 13 RBIs through 16 games, hitting fifth or sixth most of the time. So there was some value there in the deeper formats and going to miss at least a, a couple of weeks there for the uh, Tigers, which uh, obviously the top of the lineup has been pretty good, but the rest of the lineup just uh, leaves a lot to be desired. So not a huge loss. AL only, obviously, much more of a loss there for uh, his fantasy teams. And the uh, 
White Sox placed Lucas Giolito on the 10-day IL as he injured his hamstring yesterday. Just real unfortunate timing for him because he was cruising two and two-thirds, scoreless innings. He had five strikeouts and, you know, really looked like he was putting it together, but he will uh, head to the injured list and miss some time. Some of the other top performances from yesterday that really stood out was uh, Kevin Gossman. And anyone who's followed me throughout the years knows that I've always been a guy that drafted Gossman on my team's with the hope that he could improve because he certainly looked like he had the ability and never really got it done in Baltimore. And one of the problems is the home run ball in Baltimore. We've seen it's a major struggle for a lot of pitchers there. And think back to, like, when have we really seen a good Orioles pitcher in the last five years? We just haven't. It's been a, a place where they just can't produce pitchers. And part of it is the home park. You know, we saw Jake Arrieta. It took him a trade to the Phillies to really put it together when he had a couple of monster seasons. And uh, with Gossman, we saw him improve last year when he came over to the National League with Atlanta, even though the strikeouts went down a little bit. But uh, he's off to a good start this season, and his price really dropped. And you could understand why. He had this shoulder issue in the spring. Uh, I know I took him in the great fantasy baseball invitational. I think somewhere around round 15, and then, obviously, and that was a draft, uh, February 24th, slow draft is when it started. And then the news popped up. I was like, oh, no, here we go. Uh, but I did get him in the NFBC auction, I think, for $2. And, obviously, it's it's still early, but it's paid off. I mean, he had another outstanding outing last night. Uh, his first outing of the year, we looked at him and said, okay, it's the Marlins. Then against the Mets, he was okay. But a really good uh, outing last night against the Diamondbacks. Seven innings, two earned runs. 10 strikeouts. He's got a 2.75 ERA. And the key for Gossman right now is he's really throwing that splitter quite often. And that's what you want to see because uh, that's his most effective pitch. So, uh, you know, through three games, uh, looked really good so far. He's only allowed nine hits and 19 and two-thirds innings. And, you know, he's gone against the Mets and Diamondbacks offense, which have been pretty good. We know everyone's going to feast on the Marlins. Uh, uh, but Gossman off to a really nice start. Got that strikeout percentage at 31%. Uh, not allowing too much hard contact either. But uh, as long as he continues to throw that split finger fastball, uh, I think he's going to be in good shape. So, you know, Cerullo was certainly a scare in the preseason, but 14.9% uh, swing strike rate. So really nice start there for Kevin Gossman. In case you missed it, yesterday, Rodas Vizca, you know, is out for the year. He had shoulder surgery. So A.J. Minter is the closer for now. He wasn't good two nights ago. He had a, a, a good performance last night out of the bullpen. So, it's a team that obviously could still potentially go out and get a Craig Kimbrell. We'll see. It looks like his asking price has diminished, and uh, you know maybe he signs with someone soon. But certainly, you got to think that a team like Atlanta is definitely in the mix. Uh, I know we talked about this guy maybe last week and on Monday uh, when we went over the Fab, and that's Hunter Dozier. And Hunter Dozier is someone I picked up Saturday night. Uh, in the local GDD league that I do here, 15 teams. Third base has been a weakness for me. It was an auction league, and I was like, okay, I got money. I'm going to get Estrubal Cabrera, guys like that at third base. And I just all of them went for a little bit higher because it was the portion of the draft where I didn't have much left. And I wound up getting stuck with Evan Longoria and Jung Ho Gong. And obviously, that has not been good. You know, I had Gong in there early, but now he keeps striking out. They benched him for a three day period. Longoria is not in a good situation. So I went out and picked up Hunter Dozier. And uh, he, he's looked good. Uh, he's off to a really good start. You know, five homers, 10 RBIs. He's hitting 298, 388 OBP. Uh, he's really cut down on the strikeouts compared to last year. The walk rate is almost doubled. He's at 12% right now. 
Uh, he's got first base, third base eligibility in a lot of leagues. And I know he was picked up in a lot of competitive leagues over the weekend, but he still could be out there in some 12-team formats. And not a must-add in 12-team leagues, but if you do have an open roster spot or you could use a bat, Hunter Dozier's in play, and he's been hitting fourth or fifth recently. And, yes, the Royals lineup's not great, but they do got Whit Merrifield, Arabano Mondesi, Alex Gordon, also off to a very good start. And, you know, he's even someone that you can use as a fifth outfielder in a 15-team league, although got to think he's uh, not available in most, but he's off to a good start. So there's some value here with Dozier. I definitely think you can add him to your fantasy team as uh, he's looked really good so far this season. Uh, Hector Neris came in yesterday and, and got a save for the Phillies. And, look, we don't know who the closer is going to be for Philly. Gabe Kapler likes to mix and match. There's now four players on the Phillies who already have a save this year. But David Robertson is out with that elbow injury. And we did see Adam Morgan come in to face two left-handers. It was Cano and Conforto. And then they brought in Neris. And I would have to think Neris gets the next save opportunity, but it could be Sir Anthony Dominguez. It could be Pat Neshek. It could be Adam Morgan if there's lefties due up. So who knows? But I will say if Neris is available, you should definitely pick him up. Uh, I've already, I added him like two, three weeks ago just in case because you never know how things can play out under Gabe Kapler. Jake Arrieta with a really good start yesterday. Eight innings, two earned runs, three strikeouts. He's got a 2.25 ERA. My one concern with Arietta though, is the lack of strikeouts. And I liked Arietta going into the year. Here's what happened with Arietta for me. So back in January, I was like, I'm not interested. You know, I really looked at his second half. He's an older pitcher. And started to see, you know, a lot of the numbers declining over the last couple of years. Then I saw an article, I think in early February, that he was pitching with a, a knee injury. Might have been a meniscus. And he went out and had surgery. I said, oh, okay, that's interesting. That kind of explains why he was so bad in the second half. He had an injury and he was trying to pitch through it. So his price was very low in fantasy drafts. So I said, all right, you know what? I'll, I'll take a shot on him in a couple. Got him in tout wars. And he was in my lineup, but the the the, the strikeout rate is very low, sixteen point four percent. I mean, it was nineteen point one percent last year, and you know I attributed a little bit to the second half. His walk rate is up; it's ten point nine percent. He's got a two thirteen batting average of balls in play. His career mark is two seventy. His strand rate is ninety point three percent. It's twenty percent above his career rate. So while he has pitched well. I do have some concerns. Now, he is inducing a lot of ground balls, 50% ground ball rate, and he's on a team that is going to win quite a few games. You know, the Phillies have a really good offense, but uh, I don't think he's as good as this start shows, and I I definitely have some concerns. I mean, the stringing strike rate has gone down every year since 2015. Last year was 7.8%. It's 6.6% this year. It's going to be very difficult to have success with those type of numbers. So as much as I hope I'm wrong and Arietta can improve, uh, I don't think he's as good as he's shown. So there's definitely some concern for me there with a guy like Jake Arietta. Zach Wheeler was much better yesterday. Uh, seven innings, three runs, five Ks. So he got hurt by the home run. Two home runs were hit off him, and that's going to happen in Philly. So uh, I'm not really worried about him. I think he'll be fine. 
Michael Conforto, another home run and a stolen base. I mean, he has been tremendous and uh, really liked him going into the year. And I don't think I have him in any league. I might have him in a scout 44, but I know I don't have him in any of my redraft leagues. And I don't know why, because I was very high in Conforto. I had him ranked pretty high. I remember in the great fantasy baseball invitational, which was a draft that you know was the Champions League. I just got sniped on like so many picks. I remember it was coming to round six, and I had I was picking twelve. So there were three teams in front of me. I said, "All right, I'm taking an outfielder here. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping it's either Eddie Rosario or Michael Conforto." Both those guys went the two picks before me, and I settled for Nicholas Castellanos, who I do like, but uh, obviously I'd much rather have had Conforto or Rosario, and wasn't able to get him. Uh, Nate Eovaldi with a very good start yesterday. You needed to see this. Uh, Eovaldi, I only have in one league in Tout Wars. He's been on my bench the last two weeks. He went six innings, allowed no earned runs, six strikeouts against the Yankees. And obviously the bullpen blew the lead for him. But I do think that was encouraging, uh, and you needed to see that for him. Uh, Brandon Lau, someone who was asking a, a question on the message board today involving Lau. I mean, this is a guy that, should not be on the waiver wire in any league. You know, two for four yesterday with three RBIs, his fifth home run, he's hitting 300. And this is a guy the Rays gave a contract extension to right at the beginning of the year, right before the year started. They signed him. So they have faith in him, and they're showing it too, where they're hitting him in the lineup. He's been fourth or fifth uh, in this lineup. So you got to feel good uh, about him right now if you do own him. Walker Bueller with a very encouraging start yesterday, six and a third, no hard runs, eight strikeouts. So, that was definitely encouraging, even though it was against the uh, the Reds. On the other side, Sonny Gray was tremendous. He's had a really good start to the year. If you remember that first outing, I think it was at home against Pittsburgh, and he just couldn't find the strike zone. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, Sonny Gray, the change is really going to help him. It's why you don't make those proclamations early on. I, like Gray is uh, someone, for me, it was based on price. I mean, this guy was going like in the 20th round. I picked him up in Tout Wars. Uh, he was on my bench this week just because it was against the Dodgers and he had the injury scare last time out where he got hit. And I just felt like I had better options uh, to use this week. But, you know, Gray is is a good pitcher. Six innings, three earned runs, nine Ks. His ERA is 2.79. So uh, I, I think he'll be fine. Now, the Reds' offense has been a major disappointment. I expected them to be better, and it's not happening. Late last night, if you missed it, Frankie Montas with a real impressive performance against Houston. Six in the third innings, one earned run, six strikeouts. He's got an ERA of 2.70, and he was hitting 98 with his fastball. And uh, Montas was someone uh, I saw in the spring, and I wrote about it, and I said, you know what, this guy's added a splitter. And if he can get that splitter to work and get more strikeouts, he's in play here. And uh, I picked him up in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational Waiver Wire before. He was able to go off, and uh, he's looked good so far. Now, again, a lot of his peripherals, too, similar to Arietta, have been a little bit lucky uh, for sure. Uh, and the strikeouts still have not jumped up to a level that I like. It's better than last year, though. He's at 21.7%. Last year was 15.2%. Uh, he's cut down on the walks, but I, I like what I've seen. He's getting a ton of ground balls, like 59% ground ball rate. And, uh, again, using that splitter uh and the fastball velocities increase. So I like what I've seen from him. Matt Chapman hit a monster home run in that game right last night to give him a 2-1 lead and get him the win. He's got six home runs. He's batting 284. Uh, also, Michael Walker with a – who would have thought this? Like, I have Walker in several leagues. He was on my bench pitching in Milwaukee, like uh, coming off the disastrous start he had. 
and he goes six innings, two earned runs, seven strikeouts. So that's the crazy part this year is like some of the good starting performances we're getting from starting pitchers, which are not often, we're getting them on our bench, unfortunately. And uh, that's the way it's kind of felt this week a little bit. Uh, but Waka, you know, someone I got very late in the draft. Now, there's still some concerns. He's already allowed five home runs at 21 and a third innings. The walk rate is still very high, uh, but very encouraging performance for him yesterday. And uh, someone to watch going forward to see what he can do. Once again, Corbin Burns with a terrible performance. Five earned runs and three and a third. He's just allowing way too many home runs. This year he's sitting over at 10 right now. So we'll see if the Brewers take him out of the rotation. Because he's got a lot of ability with that fastball, but you can't just continue to be in there allowing as many home runs as he is. Right now, he's allowed uh, 5.6 homers per nine innings. You can't continue to do that. All right, when we return, we'll be joined by Frank Stample of FNTSY. We'll talk some NBA with him. That is ahead right here. Scalping Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game time decisions. A lot of love right now in our chat, either on YouTube. There never is, why, but uh, why? What's happening? Are we are not even up getting called? Not even up getting called. People are claiming that I stole Montreal out and that I'm now a Toronto Maple Leaf. That's not true. You're a Leaf fan. You know I'm not a Leaf. You know, no, yeah, you're not. Okay, exactly. I, See, I this is what people don't understand. You can bet on a series. That's the problem. People are ignorant in today's day and age, right? Pick the Leafs to beat the Bruins. I'm a Leaf fan. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and attorneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Back here it is Scout Fantasy Sports. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Time now to talk some basketball. And who better to do that? Well, there's probably a lot of people better. But the only guy I can get right now, Frank Stample, FNTSY. Frank, what's up? Ronis, what a great job you do of bringing me in every single time. I appreciate it, bud. Look, I'm bringing you on. That should be an honor in itself. The fact that I feel that you're qualified to talk on this show. So that should be a compliment. But you know I got to bust your balls every once in a while. Hey, everyone. Frank Stample's coming on to talk NBA. I mean, there was no one else around, so I guess I'll just let him talk. <laughs> Come on. You know I'm joking, man. I know. I know. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sensitive. I'm good. I can take it. I'll dish it out, too. No, it sounds like you are, man. So what's going on? You're, you're getting sensitive over the last few years now, now that you're on regularly 
and have a show here on this channel, like you're you're getting sensitive. You're gonna be like one of those fantasy analysts that that gets sensitive to everything. I'm you know not, that doesn't work now. I'm not sensitive. Come on, man. You listen to the BFS. You you look at Greg. He's the sensitive one, man. I was making fun of his jeans today. He's like, oh, I gotta go buy new pants now. <laughs> he gets so self conscious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you you've worked with me and Scott Angle and Corey Farson. You saw how it went there. I mean, there was just. Uh, insults aimed at everyone every single day. That's how it should be. Right? It should. That's, isn't playing. that how it is when you hang out with your... Isn't that when you hang out with your boys? Aren't you like that too? Of course, yeah. Constantly bashing each other. You got to keep the mood light, man. You got to you know, you gotta be able to make fun of other people, make fun of yourself a little bit. You got to laugh at things. You know, Don't take life too seriously. I understand that. Definitely. This is supposed to be a fun job and fantasy that we fortunately get to do this and talk about this. It's supposed to be fun. So, yeah, it is supposed to be entertaining and uh, try not to be too sensitive. So, uh, has the fantasy baseball season improved for you? Uh, it actually has. I'm not in last place anymore in the great fantasy baseball invitational. So, uh, that's a positive. Wow, look at this. I'm actually in 12th. I moved up three spots. So, you know, things are turning around a little bit uh, in multiple leagues. Um, you know, things are turning around. I think I'm top three in GST. I passed you up. You know, that was easy to do. Uh, top three in the main. Oh, what? <laughs> uh, that is like the biggest mistake you can make. You're going to really talk about the standings here on April. So, wait, you're going to talk about that. But what about the disparity in the great fantasy baseball invitational then? Next it's pretty question. pretty vast. If you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. So let, let's not talk about the standings now. You know what's crazy is I don't even I didn't even think my team was that good, and I thought it was solid in the invitational. I never thought it would be where it is now. I never thought that at all. Uh, yeah, you know I think I'm looking at your team right now. You've had some uh, some big performance from uh, Wilson Contreras, obviously Pete Alonso. Anyone who's drafted Pete Alonso, he's been great to start. Uh, and then Frankie Montas, we talked at, at length today on the BFFs. I mean, I think you might have something pretty serious here with uh, with Montas, man. I mean, the guy's got legit stuff. Throws mid to high, uh, upper 90s. Got a got a really strong slider as well. He's using a splitter this year as well. Uh, so I think he's a thrower. I think he's learning how to pitch, uh, and he can only get better. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, with, with picks like that, uh, so far these guys are performing very well for you. Good job, Ronis. And I act. I actually picked him up after, I think it was the first waiver wire run. I don't know, even remember if he made a start yet, but I saw him in the spring, and he added a splitter. And, I, you know, I was like, all right, I can, I'll get him for cheap. And I did. I think I got him for like eight bucks. That, that's when you have to make those pickups. Because if you wait and everyone sees the one good game, now you got to pay a ton. And sometimes you have to take a shot on guys before they really emerge. And that's the key. Because if you wait and we see someone have like a big game – Today, you know he's going to go for 150, 200 and fab over the weekend. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's something we talk about with Modica every Monday when he when he comes on and joins the show with us. Um, is you'd rather be a little early uh, on a guy picking him up before before he gets hot. Uh, you know, speculating on closers, but you know, you know, you see one performance out of a starting pitcher when maybe no one else is looking at him yet. Uh, especially in deeper leagues, man, you got to pick these guys up maybe a week early. Just speculate uh, because you're absolutely right. Look, if they put together a few good performances, then that's when you're going to have to spend big money. Um, you know, I was trying to get Hunter Dozier over the weekend in, in a bunch of leagues, and people were actually more aggressive than me. And now I'm seeing, you know, he's going to go for even more money this week based on the week that he's having too. So I, I think that's a prime example. Absolutely, man. Deeper leagues, you almost have to pick these guys up um, sooner rather than later. Well, I guess you weren't that aggressive with Dozier then in the GDD league because I got him, and I don't think I spent a lot. 
Did you did you put in a bid in that league? I don't think we did. That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Okay, yeah, I needed a third baseman. I was talking about it before. I had Jung Ho Gong and Longoria, and obviously that's not ideal in a 15-team league. So I was fortunate to get Dozier, and he's obviously off to a, a good start again this week. So uh, I think he's a I think he's owned in most leagues, but you're right. And maybe some 12-team leagues he could still be out there. I got to think at 15-team leagues he's picked up by now. But let's talk some NBA here and. Golden State. I don't. Were you watching the game the other night? Because I had it on, and I'm like, oh, it's a blowout. And I switched. I started watching baseball. Because like, if an NBA playoff game's a blowout, I'm like, okay, I don't need to watch the rest of this. There's baseball on, so I'm going to switch. And then, you know, I see the score on the top of my screen uh, where I have the box scores up for baseball. It shows a three-point game. I'm like, what? So I switched over and watched the end of it. Were you watching that game the other night? I actually was not. This game was on Monday, right? So I think I was watching Kershaw. I think he was pitching at the same time around like when this was on. And then obviously, you know, these games end uh, a little bit later on the West Coast. So I didn't even stay up till, till the end of it, to be honest with you. But I, I wouldn't have blamed you for shutting it off, you know, when they were down by as much as they did. What, was, that was the biggest comeback in NBA 31. History. So yeah. especially against the, the Warriors, you're not expecting something like that to happen. Uh, so, yeah, it was a huge, huge surprise. Um, I didn't catch it, though. No, I was, I, was watching, uh, I was watching Kershaw the other night. Do you think? The Warriors are in trouble at all, or is this something that they will overcome? Uh, you know, Clay Thompson talked about it after the game that they've been here before. They stopped playing. Meanwhile, Kevin Durant and Draymond Green didn't even speak with the media. Yeah, this team's in disarray, right? It's the writing's on the wall. It seems like you know everyone's going to go their separate way. Well, not everyone, but probably. I I wouldn't be surprised if Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant end up somewhere else uh, in the off season, but. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of disarray amongst this Warriors team, and, and maybe it, it hurts them down the line. Now, I don't think it will against uh, the Clippers. I actually had the series ending 4-1, to one, and I'm still relatively confident in that, even without DeMarcus Cousins. They just have so much more talent than the Clippers. But look, man, the Clippers uh, never say die mentality right now, and I, I think this is the best coaching job that Doc Rivers um, has ever done in, in his coaching career, just given what he has and, and how well that they've played this season. So... I think it's a great job by the Clippers. Uh, I could see this being an issue more so in the rounds to come for the Warriors because if their head is not on right, Ronis, going into the second round against a Houston Rockets team, which looks phenomenal right now. They have blown out the Jazz in two games in a row, and coming into the playoffs, they were one of the hottest teams in the NBA. To close out the season, I think they won like 20 of their last 23 or 24 games. So they were extremely hot. They were figuring it out at the right time. If you run into that Rockets team and your head is not on straight, we saw last year that the Rockets are a team that can actually hang with the Golden State Warriors. And it is, you know, uh, you can compare last year to this year because, again, they don't have cousins now again. So this is the sim a similar roster from last year's Warriors team to this season. And now they're going to, you know, go up against a buzzsaw that is the Houston Rockets. If they don't have their heads on right, I could see them losing that series. Would you take the shot, and I don't know what the odds are right now, and pluck some money down on Houston to win the Western Conference? I think, yeah. I think it's a good idea, right? I mean, based on everything that we've seen from the Warriors to this point and just the way the season has gone with them, you, you talked about, and we've actually talked about this during the regular season too, Ronis, Durant not talking to the media and all the speculation about where he's going to go and we know Clay Thompson's a free agent too and Draymond Green butting heads with Durant and so on and so forth. So, you know, they've kind of been upside down and 
you know, if they don't figure it out now, look, if they if they go these next four games and they just go and blow out the Clippers, like everyone's going to be right back on the Warriors and oh, we don't have anything to worry about. But I actually do think that they have something to worry uh, worry about. This Rockets team. Uh, is no joke. They're hot at the right time. They've been there before. They know what it takes to beat the Warriors. I think they would have beat the Warriors last year, too, if Chris Paul hadn't got hurt. So, you know, knock on wood, if you're a Rockets fan or if you just want to see the Warriors get dethroned, uh, but Chris Paul has to stay healthy. He's the X factor. You know that James Harden's going to get his numbers and, and Clint Capella's going to get his, you know, uh, his, his garbage, whatever, cleaning up around the basket. He, he's going to get his, uh, and, and I think it really comes down to Chris Paul, a healthy Chris Paul. And if he is... They can go seven games. They can really push the Warriors. I, I think that's a decent bet. With Frank Stanfield, FNTSY, I agree with you. If Paul played last year, I think the Rockets would have won for sure. That was just a huge loss when he couldn't play game six or seven. I know you're a big Knicks fan. Do you want Kevin Durant here? And can he handle the New York media? He has just shown me a big sensitive side this year. Could you imagine Durant not talking after a playoff loss? And can you imagine if that was a LeBron James team that blew a 31-point lead, how much criticism he would have gotten? Yeah, those are all fair points. I mean, yes, teams would have crucified LeBron James and any team that he was on if they blow a game like that the way they did, especially against you know, an eight seed being a one seed and the expectations that they have and so on and so forth. So I agree with you. You know, if that's LeBron, uh, especially if he doesn't talk to the media after that, I mean, people would absolutely be crushing him. Uh, so that's a good point to make. Regarding Durant, I am a Knicks fan, uh, have been my entire life. I don't, I don't really like to admit it because, you know, it's, it's kind of embarrassing at this point. But uh, I don't think that you can, you know, when it comes to superstar players, I don't think you can pick and choose who you want, right? Like, if, if you can get one, I think, you know, talent wins out. You, you have to take what you can get. It's, you, know, you, can't be, you can't be picky. But if, if I said uh, I didn't have concerns, I would be lying because you're absolutely right. I mean, playing in the biggest media market in the world, especially with the Knicks, you know, if they were to get Durant, I mean, everyone would hop on the bandwagon. The the, the national media attention that they would get um, would be more so than the Golden State Warriors if they were to get Durant and another superstar in Zion. I mean, everyone would be flocking to the Knicks, and there would be expectations. And if they don't deliver, who's the first person that they're going to come to when that doesn't happen? It's going to be Kevin Durant. So, yeah, you, you have to be worried about it for sure. His mentality, like, yeah, there's definitely question marks regarding him. But I think if you're a Knicks fan or, or any organization that is, is starved for a superstar, I don't think you can afford to be picky. I think you just, hey, if you can get a talented player like that, I think you just got to take the good with the bad. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this, but Grant Cohen in the PressDemocrat.com, uh, he did a really good column on Kevin Durant the other day. Did you see it? I did not. It was pretty good. Uh, he was basically saying that Durant's been unhappy and sulking all year. It's time for him to go. And basically, he, you know, Durant made comments in an interview, uh, I think, with The Athletic, that he sacrificed a lot to be there, and it was worth it. And, you know, he was saying, okay, what did he sacrifice? Scoring titles and individual accolades. And specifically, before the playoffs, Steve Kerr told Durant, Patrick Beverly is going to guard you and try to get in your head. Just ignore him. And instead, he ignored Kerr. And he let Beverly get him in his head and picked up the two technical fouls in game one and got ejected. And uh, basically, he's kind of just done like his own thing. And he has been unhappy all year. I mean, you've seen the press conferences. Does that look like a guy that looks like he enjoys being in Golden State? It doesn't. 
Yeah, but he has no one to blame but himself, Ronis. You know, so I can't feel bad for the guy. Like you, I don't. I I think earlier in the year, like I did a little, and when he got bashed for that press conference, I was kind of more on his side. But he's brought this on himself. He doesn't speak to the media. He lets bear. Like it's on him now. One hundred percent. I mean, what did you expect going to the Golden State Warriors? Like you were crucified when it happened, and you know now that things aren't going the way that they're supposed to, and you know for all intents and purposes, they're probably still going to win the NBA championship this year. But, you know, with him not listening to Kerr and butting heads with these guys, like, he deserves all the criticism he's getting, and he has no one to blame but himself. He brought this upon himself going to the Golden State Warriors. You know, I was very critical of him when it happened. I mean, especially under the circumstances which it did. Uh, you know, being up uh, with the, the Thunder and then losing to the Golden State Warriors and then joining the team that you just lost to, I mean... I don't want to bash the guy, but, like, that says something about your character. Do you, do you just go to the team that, that just destroyed you two to win championships? So I was extremely critical of LeBron when he did this and went to Miami. I, I, extremely critical of Durant when he did it as well. Now, it looks like he's going to go somewhere else. If it's not the Knicks, I mean, who else are we looking at? The Dallas Mavericks? I think they could be in play. He said he wanted Clippers? To, the Clippers uh, potentially stay on the West Coast. I mean, it could be him and LeBron in the same building, so – you could or create, create or a him, and, yeah, there. him and Kawhi on the Clippers, maybe? Yeah, potentially, right? Like, if he wants to join up with just, like, one other superstar, I think that can, that can make a lot of sense. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about the idea of the Dallas Mavericks? Because, you know, it's not a huge market. Market, yeah. And, you know. I, th- I think, I don't know. I think I would love. It's I think I would love. Right? I would love playing for Mark Cuban. I know that. But you know the money's going to be there, too. So he's going to pay right, you. They, everything's, you know, he's going to look out for you for sure. So. And he played his college ball at Texas. I think I think the Mavericks are a dark horse. Here's the thing, though, about Durant. When did we start saying, you know what, maybe he's tough to play with? He didn't like playing with Westbrook. He doesn't like Draymond Green now. Like, maybe Durant's a problem. Paul George said he loved playing with Westbrook, and that's why he came back. It's a fair question. Um, everything that we're talking about kind of lends itself to him being soft, right? Like, the whole burner accounts with Twitter, too. Um, you know how when people were bashing him, he he would make like these fake accounts or whatever and defend Kevin Durant. And it came out that he was actually the one that was doing this. So he can't handle criticism. He's going to make burner accounts on Twitter. And then, you know, you're getting an opportunity to play with the best players in the world. This is what you wanted. You did this yourself. No one forced you to go to Golden State. You wanted to go there and win championships, which ultimately you are doing it. But the way that you're doing it, the way that you're going about it is, you know, you're burning these bridges. Uh, your teammates don't like you. Uh, you're, you know, the media doesn't like you now, too. And it's a huge issue. So he kind of brought it upon himself. And um, I, I don't feel bad for the guy. But when it comes down to if you're a fan of a team and you're looking just from a talent perspective for a guy like Durant, I mean, how do you say no? So you know what I'm saying, Ronis? It's like a, it's, it's like a double-edged sword because you're going to get – a lot of backlash with a guy like this when, when things don't go right and he doesn't want to talk to the media. But at the same time, he's one of the three best players in the world. So why wouldn't you want him on your team? So it's kind of a double-edged sword when it comes to Durant. Did you see the last couple minutes of the Celtics-Pacers game last night? I did not. Oh, You got to watch. I think the Pacers were shaving points. It was that bad. They were down 94. It was down 94-91. And they turned the ball over on the inbounds pass. It wasn't even close. It was a pass across court. No one was near it. It went out of bounds. They didn't foul on the next play. Instead, they let the guy get the dunk and then foul him on the dunk. Three-point play. They turned it over again. I was like, you kidding me? And I think the spread was 
seven or eight, and I think it was seven. They won by eight. I mean, it was so bad. They were outscored 31-12 in the fourth quarter. Hmm. That does seem a little fishy, huh? I mean, it was. It, I was like, are you, I was like, are you kidding me, man? Like, this was bad because I had the over. Like, the over was like two hundred three, and I'm like, oh, it's so low because of the first game. And I was like, come on, man, they scored twelve points in the fourth quarter. They just scored twenty. It goes over. It was just ridiculous. Who do you like tonight? Uh, Sixers, Nets, Nuggets, Spurs. Real quick. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the Nets bounce back here at Barclays. So. I'll actually take the Nets. I'll take the Nets to take the to take the lead once again. I think a huge momentum shift in that in that Nuggets and Spurs game the other day. I mean, if the Spurs come back to San Antonio up 2-0, they're 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 likely ending the series. Uh, but I, I think momentum kind of shifted itself. So I'm going to take Denver, and then I'll take Golden State as well. Give me Brooklyn. Give me Denver. Give me Golden State. Yeah, I don't. I don't even think Denver played that well the other night. Jamal Murray was on fire in the fourth quarter. If they didn't have him, they'd be in trouble. Uh, and the Nuggets on the road, too. They're not that good. So thanks a lot, Frank. We'll talk soon, man. Appreciate it, Ronald. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll come back. We'll look at the live action and the lineup for tonight here on Scout Fantasy Sports. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to Fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at Fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to Fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to Fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to Fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's Fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Make it rain. Nearly 54 million people watched Game of Thrones illegally. Meaning they didn't pay for that crap. They right, right, right. it in some other means. They're saying that the amount of legal downloads was around 17 million. The amount of illegal people uh, downloading and watching this was somewhere around 54 million people. Guys, get used to that. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Check me out, ScoutFantasySports.com. My latest is a look at the Fantasy Baseball Stockwatch. Some players on the rise, some players on the decline. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on them. Some of them are good by lows. Others are players that maybe you should think about dealing. Maybe there's a player or two in there that you can pick up that's still on the waiver wire. You can check it out as well as our Fantasy Rookie Primer. Giving you a little look at the players upcoming in the NFL draft. 
a little scouting report on each one, and of course the closer depth chart and bullpen updates from Sean Child. So you can check it out now, scoutfantasysports.com. Take your take your tax refund and swing for the fences. Playing daily fantasy baseball with dailyroto.com. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer user to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become one of the countless number of people who have won thousands using thousands of dollars. If you are playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount and you'll get lineup alerts, projected ownership, percentages, weather updates, fantasy projections, the use of the same Daily Roto lineup optimizers that have produced millions in DFS winnings, that's the 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. Let's take a look at some of the action going on right now across baseball. As, as usually on Thursday afternoons, we do have some day baseball. We do have one game that is a final as the Diamondbacks beat the Braves 4-1 to in this one. Uh, Wilmer Flores 2-4 for four with a run scored for the Diamondbacks. David Peralta, two for five. He's hitting 367. Christian Walker, it looked like he was struggling for a little bit, but he's picked it up. Two for five with a run and two RBIs. Walker with his sixth home run of the season. So uh, he's obviously been one of the top waiver wire pickups. You know, it looked like early on in the year that he was getting more playing time, and they had talked about Jake Lamb moving back to third base to get him in the lineup. But then, of course, Lamb went down with the injury, and that's ensured the playing time for Walker, who put up prolific numbers in the minor leagues, big-time power two years ago, and getting that opportunity. And it looks like uh, he's going to stick and certainly uh, producing very well. Luke Weaver gets the win. Five scoreless innings for its one walk, nine Ks. Did 90, need 93 pitches, 63 for strikes, so he got the win. And Hirano gets the save. Uh, I believe Holland uh, had pitched a couple days in a row. I know Holland got the save yesterday. So Hirano gets the save here. But obviously, Greg Holland is the closer. He's done a really good job. You know, it's crazy. He went very late in drafts. And I think a lot of people were hoping that Archie Bradley would be the guy. But when they went out and signed Greg Holland, I was a little concerned. I said, you know what? This could be a sign that they want Bradley reserved for that setup role, maybe a multiple-inning role. And he did throw, was it yesterday, multiple innings and got the win? Uh, and it seemed like Hirano, they didn't want to put in that closer role. So I didn't draft Holland anywhere. But I think the sign was that they felt Holland could be the guy, especially when they didn't name a closer throughout the spring until late. And Holland has experience as a closer, and even though he was a, dis a disaster last year for St. Louis, he pitched better in the second half going to Washington, and he's off to a good start this year. So Holland, at least for now, looks like one of the better values uh, at closer because uh, at least he has a job. We can't say that for a lot of guys. For Atlanta, not much going offensively. The only guy with multiple hits today was Carmargo. He was two for four as uh, Josh Donaldson got the day off. He did pinch hit, and he struck out. He's hitting 238 on the year. Freddie Freeman did it a home run. His second of the year, he's driven in nine. He is batting 324 in the season with a 446 OBP. And, you know, I still do see a big power upside for Freeman uh, to get to 30 home runs. I expect him to have a really good year. Mike Soroka with his season debut and a solid start for him. We knew he wasn't going to throw about more than 90 pitches. He had two start in the minor leagues, and he didn't go deep. He went five innings, four hits, one on a run, two walks, six Ks, 85 pitches, 58 for strikes. He did throw a wild pitch and issued uh, an intentional walk, and he hit two batters as well. So obviously that didn't help him there, but I think he is a guy that you're going to see 
go for uh, a decent amount of money on the waiver wire this weekend. And uh, I think you could certainly add him. I wouldn't go crazy unless I was absolutely desperate. The problem with Atlanta, and I think a lot of their pitchers outside of like the Gossman and Tehran, I think you're going to see them rotated a lot this year. There are a lot of young arms. Remember, Soroka is 21. He had a shoulder issue last year. There's no doubting his ability. He certainly can produce, but they're going to watch his innings. Uh, they're going to take it easy with him. You know, last year, he only threw about 55 innings, uh, I believe. Uh, in 2017, he was a 153, uh, and especially with this shoulder issue that he had in the spring. But I definitely would like to add him uh, if you need a pitcher for sure. I definitely think he's worth adding. You know, we've already seen, you know, Newcomb get sent down. Wright gets sent down. Now, Tuki Toussaint's back in the rotation. So, I think you could see constant shuffling with two to three spots in that rotation. And uh, that's why I wouldn't go spend a ton on Soroka, but I would add him for sure. And everyone needs pitching help uh, for the most part this year. And that is a guy that you're going to see go for, I think, a decent amount of money this weekend, especially with uh, the performance he had today, which was not great, but it was uh, very solid. And we know that there's a lot of upside and ability there. So someone asked about him today. And uh, I think it was him, like, or Vince Velasquez. I'll take Soroka. Uh, I think there's just more uh, upside there. Go to the ninth inning in Washington with the Nats leading the Giants 4-1 to one in this one. As Sean Doolittle's about to come on and try and nail it down. I mean, the Giants are just a terrible offense. It's one that we're going to pick on quite a bit. Uh, Drew Pomerantz today, 4 and 2 thirds, 6 hits, 4 earned runs, 3 walks, 7 Ks. Uh, and, you know, he has a chance to be decent this year. I know he's not off to a good start, but... Uh, we have seen him when he's healthy produce and uh, the strikeouts will be there, but it's going to be tough to win games on that uh, terrible Giants team. We did see Victor Robles hit leadoff today, but that's because Adam Eaton was out of the lineup. Robles went one for five in this game. Juan Soto drove in a run, as did Ryan Zimmerman and Jan Gomes, and Wilmer Defoe with a home run for the Nationals, who are uh, trying to take advantage of this uh matchup here against the inferior Giants offense and Patrick Corman was dominant today seven and two-thirds two hits one run to walk in 9k is he is at 2.36 this year so we're talking about a lot of pitchers who have really disappointed and not lived up to the draft course cost uh, on draft day but Patrick Corman's been one that has and a guy that went for fifth round a lot of leagues and uh, he's definitely produced very well so far uh, the White Sox and Tigers, this game is 7-7 in the bottom of the eighth inning. So a lot of offense today uh, on both sides. Tim Anderson continues to stay hot. Two for four with two runs. He stole his seventh base of the year, man. So uh, he continues to get it done. You know, I think a lot of people thought he could go 20-20 this year. They were just concerned about the average. Hitting 429 so far, but we know that will not last. Yohan Makata is 0 for 5. Uh, Eloy Jimenez is... Third home run of the season. One for four with a run of two RBIs, hitting 261. He's got three home runs and uh, also uh, has driven in eight. And as I said in the first hour, he's a guy you got to be patient with. He's going to have some struggles. Every young player does. Not everyone comes up and tears it up like Ronald Acuna and Juan Soto immediately. But the thing with him is, is they paid him. He has the contract. And they just got to ride him and put him in there every day. Wellington Castillo off to a bad start this year, batting only 171. He had his second home run of the year. Today, uh, Ivan Nova on the mound for the White Sox, and he wasn't any good. Six and a third, 11 hits, six are runs. 
Not someone that I want on my fantasy team. ERA over 6.23 for the season. Uh, for the Tigers, Nicholas Castellanos, 3 for 4 with a run in an RBI. So good to see him back in the lineup after he missed the weekend with that toe. Miguel Cabrera, 2 for 4 with a run in an RBI. He's batting 265. You're, I just don't think you're going to see big power from him this year. Still think he could hit as long as he's healthy. Nico Goodrum, a guy I liked in a lot of leagues late, 2 for 4 with a run. Uh, Gordon Beckham with two hits and the catcher Grayson Griner three for four with two RBIs for the Tigers. Uh, Tyson Ross, solid start today. We didn't see the K's, but six innings, seven hits, five runs, only two earned. The defense was poor behind him. No walks, two K's. He did allow two home runs with the ERA at 3.38 on the season. And the other game that's going on right now, we got the Blue Jays leading the Twins seven to four in the bottom of the eighth inning. So. Uh, on the Toronto side, Justin Smoke with his third home run of the year. He was one of the guys that I think I might have him in one league, corner infield spot. Figured he'd give decent power production, nothing exciting. Randall Grechuk with a home run, his fourth of the year. He went on Twitter, talked it about act like you've been there before uh, in wake of the whole Tim Anderson flipping that incident. So uh, Grechuk backs it up today with a home run. Teoscar Hernandez also with a home run, his second of the year. He's batting 250 on the year and uh, getting the opportunity to play. Clay Buckholtz, four and two-thirds, six hits, three on runs, three walks, four Ks for Toronto. And on the Minnesota side, Eddie Rosario with two home runs today, two for four with two runs, two RBIs. He's up to 262, only a 318 OBP. I liked Rosario a lot going into the year. I think he's a guy that's been steadily improving he had the injury last year, which curtailed his season. He's 27 years old, uh, knew he was going to hit you know, third or fourth in this lineup, and uh, felt he was a guy that can go 3,100. So uh, he was a target of mine in many leagues. So I, really might, I think I might only have him in one or two, but certainly like Rosario for this year. He's now got six homers, 16 RBIs, and this Twins offense has really not got going yet either, too. They really have had a lot of days off. Weather cancellations haven't gotten to a rhythm, and I, I think they will definitely be better. Byron Buxton's hit 277 on the season, one for three with an RBI today and stole his fourth base of the year. So, yes, he's hitting ninth. Hurts his value just a little bit, but you just want to see Buxton healthy and running, and he does pick up the stolen base today. Michael Pineda was on the mound for the Twins and not good today. Three and two-thirds, seven hits, six earned runs, a walk a K. He allowed two home runs. His ERA is a 5.30. I think there could be some value in him this year. He was off to a good start in his first three, not going deep into games. The one thing we did see with Pineda that was bothersome with the Yankees is when he didn't have his best stuff, he was done pretty early. And that's something that the lower tier pitchers, they're not good with. You know, we see with Steven Matz too the other day. Uh, when you don't have your best stuff, you got to figure out a way to get through it. And some of these pitchers can't. Uh, and Pineda, I think he is in a pretty good spot there, though, in Minnesota. And uh, this was one of those bad starts today. And especially since it was against Toronto, it was definitely disappointing because you figure, okay, at home, against the Blue Jays' offense, this should be an offense that he should be able to handle, uh, and he could not get it done today. So I do think there's value for him, though, in 15-team leagues to have him as one of your final pitchers uh, at the end of your roster. It was just a, a bad start today for Pineda. Let's take a look at the night ahead. Uh, we do have a smaller slate tonight with a lot of teams off. The Royals are in New York to take on the Yankees, 6.35 p.m. Eastern. Homer Bailey against Domingo Homan. Bailey has been getting a lot of strikeouts this year, courtesy of that splitter. He's got a really good splitter, but a bad fastball. 
Herman has obviously got a dynamic arm. The key for him is limit the walks. For Kansas City, Whit Merrifield leading off at second base. Adarbaro Mondesi at short hitting second. Alex Gordon's in left field batting third. Hunter Dozier, who we just talked about, is at third base hitting cleanup. Ryan O'Hearns at first base hitting fifth. Jorge Soler in right field hitting sixth. Lucas Duda, the DH, hitting seventh. Martin Maldonado behind the plate hitting eighth. And Billy Hamilton in center field hitting ninth. For the Yankees, leading off Brett Gardner in center field, he had a big grand slam yesterday to help the Yankees get past the Red Sox. Aaron Judge in right field batting second. Luke Voigt is at first base hitting third. Glaber Torres is at shortstop hitting cleanup. DJ LeMahieu is in at third base batting fifth. Clint Frazier in left field batting sixth. Mike Ford recently called up with the Greg Bird injury. He is the DH tonight hitting seventh. Austin Romine is the catcher hitting eighth. And Tyler Wade's at second base batting ninth. The Orioles in Tampa Bay. Andrew Kashner against Hunter Wood, who should be the opener. Expect to see Ryan Yarbrough in there tonight. Uh, for the Orioles leading off, Jonathan Villar, he's at second base. Trey Mancini's in left field hitting second. Dwight Smith Jr., the DH hitting third. Renato Nunez at first base hitting cleanup. Rio Ruiz at third base hitting fifth. Joey Rickard, at Rickard in right field hitting sixth. Richie Martin at short hitting seventh. Pedro Severino's catcher hitting eighth. And Cedric Mullins in center field batting ninth. For the Rays, Austin Meadows leading off in right field, and I wrote something about him today, so check that out, scoutfantasysports.com. Tommy Pham in left field hitting second. G-Man Choi is at first base hitting third. Yandy Diaz, the DH, hitting cleanup. Brandon Lau, the second baseman, hitting fifth. Mike Zunino is the catcher hitting sixth. He got off to a putrid start, but he's starting to pick it up a little bit, so moved up in the lineup today. Kevin Kiermaier in center field hitting seventh. Robertson at third, hitting eighth. Adamas is the shortstop, batting ninth for the Rays. Uh, the Dodgers are in Milwaukee. Uh, this is an 8-10 p.m. Eastern game. Julio Urias against Zach Davies. The Phillies are in Colorado. Zach Eflin against Kyle Freeland. That's an 8:40 start. The Mariners take on the Angels. Felix Hernandez against Chris Stratton. That's 10:07 p.m. Eastern. And at 10.10 p.m. Eastern, it is Tanner Roark against Chris Paddock tonight. Uh, as uh, the Giants are attempting to mount a comeback here with two outs, Sean Diddle, Doolittle is on the mound to try and close it out. And he's allowed three hits here in the ninth inning. He has gotten the first. He has two outs, but the Giants now are first and second with two out in the top of the ninth inning. Still trail this game 4-2. to two. And uh, Chris Davis has agreed on a two-year contract extension with the A's that's extended through the 2021 season. Obviously, Davis has been one of the more reliable power hitters in baseball over the last few years, three consecutive years of at least 40 home runs. And some leagues only DH eligible, but he continues to to get the job done there for the A's, and they reward him with that two-year extension Uh for the uh, the A's, so good for him, and certainly someone that's been pretty reliable in fantasy and tends to get undervalued because in a lot of leagues he is only eligible at the utility position. And as I said repeatedly, you can't worry about locking it up early in drafts. I know it does handcuff you a little bit, and you lose some of that flexibility when you are later in your draft, but the goal is just to get the stats. And if you know you can get a 40 homer, 100 RBI guy, and I saw no reason why, that wouldn't continue this year. You just got to take him and, and kind of figure it out. Obviously, if you're in a trading league, you can work things out. A little bit different in leagues, the high-stakes arena where you don't have trades. It's a little bit more difficult to get done. But 
certainly you don't want to dismiss that at all. Uh, he can put up immense numbers for you, uh, and that is for sure. Uh, make sure you check us out, scoutfantasysports.com. Again, we're getting you ready for the NFL draft. It's a week away. It seems like it's far, but it's right around the corner. And we got a really good NFL draft fantasy rookie primer that goes and gives you a scouting report on each of the rookies incoming in, player comparisons, where they should go in a dynasty draft. Got the fantasy baseball stock watch, looking at a few players on the rise and heading downward and what you should do. Sean Childs has his top five running backs for the NFL draft, as well as the closer report and the depth chart and bullpen updates. And you can check out scoutdfs.com. Guys have been on fire for MLB DFS. So check that out today. It is a final. The Nationals do hang on and beat the Giants 4-2. Patrick Corbin gets the win, a dominant performance for him. And Sean Doolittle does give up a run, but he does notch the save as the Nationals prevail. That wraps it up here. You can find me, ScoutFantasySports.com. I'll be back on Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.